0: Hey everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. Joining me this week is Garrett Neely. Garrett, how's it going out there?
1: No, I'm doing well. How are you, Luke? Doing pretty
0: good. Also joining us is Adam Beagle. Adam, how are you doing?
2: I'm fantastic.
0: Good to hear it. Uh, today we are going to be talking about IGN's Summer of Gaming event that was recently announced. And we're also going to be talking about a Resident Evil 8 leak. So that's what the show is going to look like this week. It's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter show, but uh, we'll see how things go, I guess. Um, A reminder that if this is your first time, I guess, checking out the podcast, Games Are Fun is a weekly video game podcast that airs every Tuesday. Each week, Adam, Garrett, and myself talk about video game news, trending topics, and recent game releases. Uh, The podcast airs on Tuesdays, on all the major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. All your major podcast services, just search for Games Are Fun and whatever podcast service you use. If you want to help support this podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to the show on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, maybe consider leaving the show a review. Um, Little things like that really help support the show. The more listeners we have, the more easy it is for us to kind of grow it and find new audiences and stuff like that. So please consider subscribing. That would really help us out. Now, before we get to the topics, one just simple housekeeping point that I mentioned last week. Actually, I guess two two points. Um, the first is last month we had our Hollow Knight Nintendo Switch giveaway, and we announced the winner of that on twitter last week and we also announced on last week's episode and we teased that we are going to do another game giveaway this month but i haven't really figured out i've kind of looked at what's available um and i'm not i haven't figured out a game that is fitting i was almost i this isn't in in set in stone yet but i was thinking of maybe like giving away a Xbox Game Pass subscription or something like that because I I'm trying to think of games that like everyone's inside. They're not You know going out so they have lots of free time and so maybe Maybe give them a a game that they can spend a lot of time in and I thought game pass would be a really good option for for people Um, so that's an option, but it's not not announced quite yet uh we will announce that over on our twitter page at games Are Fun pod it probably in the next week honestly by the time this episode goes up i i suspect i'll have it figured out and planned out and we'll announce that over on twitter so uh look forward to that and then secondly we have our animal crossing new horizons review episode planned for recording this week uh, we wanted to record it earlier, but uh, just based on scheduling and stuff like that, we wanted to just make sure we had ample time for that. So we're going to be recording this week, and you can expect that to go up sometime uh, after this episode airs. Probably, I would have a buffer of probably three or four days, maybe maybe on the 10th, you know, while you're waiting for Final Fantasy to install, you can listen to our Animal Crossing review or something like that. So uh, expect that to drop. Uh, And as always, just head over to our Twitter page because that's the best way to to keep up to date on what's going on with the show and everything like that. So um, did you guys have anything you wanted to mention before we get into the first topic? No,
2: I think we're good to go. Yeah, I'm good.
0: I feel like I'm going very fast today, so I had to (laughs) do a check-in here. All right, so the first topic I wanted to discuss was that IGN Summer of Gaming event that's planned for June. So a couple days ago, IGN announced this new digital event called Summer of Gaming. And uh, I'm just going to read the announcement from Jonathan Dornbush over on IGN.com. So IGN is proud to announce our new Summer of Gaming event, a global digital event set to begin this June to bring you the latest news and impressions around upcoming games and the next generation of console hardware. IGN will be collaborating with a number of partners for the summer of gaming, including 2K, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Amazon, Google Stadia, Twitter, Devolver Digital, THQ Nordic, and more. Expect more details in the coming weeks. The event will include live broadcast and on-demand programming featuring IGN's editorial coverage of the work of game developers from around the world. With E3 2020 canceled, IGN has a suite of programming planned to kick off in early June. It includes publisher presentations with IGN pre and post discussions, remote developer interviews, hands-on demos, and preview impressions, gameplay and new segments recapping the biggest announcements audiences at home around the world can participate as well sending in reaction videos voting on favorite announcements and more Um, ign's global coverage spans 112 countries and 25 languages and aims to ensure that fans can enjoy this incredible digital experience regardless of what device or platform they use ign's live programming can be accessed on any one of ign's more than 20 platforms including desktop mobile Uh, OTT, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Mixer, Twitch, Snapchat, Discover, TikTok, wow, (laughs) and more. (laughs) With the next generation of consoles, console gaming kicking off later this year and gamers eager to learn more about what games they'll be playing on their new hardware, our online event will be a key moment for publishers and developers to connect with the audience worldwide, Per Schneider, Chief Content and Product Officer at IGN, said in a statement alongside the announcement. More and more people are turning towards video games for entertainment and escapism. Last week we saw new records for traffic across all our platforms. We're excited to bring this global digital event to our audiences and partners as this will be an event not to be missed. Um, And that was from Yale Prog, I believe, (laughs) Prog, EVP and general manager at IGN said in statement as well um ign will bring you more information on the event in the weeks to come but stay tuned for all the latest on our summer of gaming so guys what what do you think of that uh i'll turn it over to you adam what do you make of it
2: well uh, ign they are the arguably the largest uh video game journalism company out there mm-hmm. so i mean if they have content to create um there's always going to be an audience for that regardless of what platform they put it on and uh you know it's coming at a time where people are going to be hungry for content because you know uh that's that's around e3 that's the time people expect to see content and see uh news and you know gameplay and information and announcements and um so i, I think you know there's plenty of opportunity for them to kind of uh take advantage of the situation to um you know get their content out to you know the masses you know whatever platform they choose um you know obviously with E3 not being around that's the time people mostly are looking for announcements of new games and that kind of just all-out media blitz that we get from E3 and I'm kind of you know assuming they're not gonna have any breaking announcements or um you know huge new AAA titles to announce Mm -hmm. during this thing. So I I think it'll be entertaining, um, but I don't think we'll see. um, I I don't think we'll all get kind of what we're going to be missing from E3. That's
0: a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Garrett.
1: Yeah. um, I did want to say, and no last week we had been, we made a few references to maybe we'll see more of this at E3 and and that kind of stuff. And obviously we know E3 is canceled, but I think we are all, Operating under the assumption that there would be some sort of event, and that uh, there would be some sort of um, you know news news blitz and, and media blitz kind of thing, like we were talking about. So um, I don't know if E3 is planning anything. Um, if they're not, they're they're uh, they're behind the ball at this point because IGN stepped up to the plate here. Mm. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Adam. I don't know if there's going to be anything huge announced at this. Um, anything you know new and huge? I, I suspect we may see, um, you know, a little bit more of some of the games that we've already heard about. Um, uh, maybe, maybe Halo Infinite, something <laughs> like that, uh, would be a good. This would be a good place. I know uh, Xbox is kind of, I think, planning their own event around you know the normal E3 time. So, right. um, I think this is just one more. Uh, one more outlet for, for developers to get their, their games out there on a, a stage that's going to be seen. And, you know, I think the main, you know, it says, you know, all these, uh, developer names here, but then, and more. So I would expect we see a lot of Indies as well in this, um, that step up and, and use this platform to kind of, uh, get their name out there and and show their games off as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad to see that, that doing something like this and, um, I'm interested to see how it turns out. So,
0: yeah, no, I think you guys hit it on, hit the nail on the head with the the level of announcements that I think we're gonna get from this event. I, I was just kind of rereading this, so they say it's set to begin this June. So what I'm curious about is, the, do they say how long it's running for? Is that something that I don't, not really seeing any specific dates as of yet, which I obviously no. they're not ready to announce dates quite yet they're probably still finalizing that but the way they had that wording of just like set to begin this june like it's um like it's it's a series of events kind of thing like um it's an event it's not just a a showcase like kind of funny does mm-hmm. i think it's going to be maybe a week-long thing where they have all these announcements scattered in through several days and stuff which is honestly quite cool because we're gonna i think the like you said, Adam, like there's not necessarily going to be those big AAA like crazy hype announcements. I think there'll be some, but I think there's also going to be uh, more in quantity of smaller announcements. Like you said, Garrett Indies stuff like that. So I think it's it's cool that IGN just got on the ball because like it's only been three ish weeks since E3 was officially canceled, and mm-hmm. I suspect that IGN was probably. Like it's possible that they have already had the, the foundation laid for something like this before E3 was even canceled. Like the idea of holding some sort of a digital event, um, you know, especially with the way the industry is going right now. They probably have the like I said, the foundation set up to do that. But I was just surprised that it was like only a couple weeks later and IGN already has this thing set up and ready to announce with these big, huge companies like Sega and Square Enix and 2K and stuff like that, ready to present some stuff. So I'm really excited to see in the time from when, you know, this announcement to maybe a month from now, you know, how much more details we're going to get. Maybe we can kind of gauge what this event's going to look like and such, but um, yeah, good on IGN. I mean, they, they've they beat, like you were talking about, uh, I think it was today, maybe yesterday, E3 announced something. And it wasn't that they were announcing this big digital event to replace it. They were announcing E3 2021. So mm. <laughs> they're already focusing on next year, which already leads me to believe that I don't think they really have... I don't know. I really don't know what y- like they have in plan, but I'm glad that other, you know, companies like IGN and, um, you know, obviously the big companies like Xbox are are planning to hold something just so that we do have a designated month of just announcements and stuff to talk about. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you brought up a good point here. You know, it doesn't say the exact dates that this thing actually going to run. And it's called Summer of Gaming. So I mean, what if it's like uh every every Friday they have like a two or three hour broadcast Friday afternoon or something and they've got, yeah. you know, like developer interviews, a couple new trailers every week, um, and that runs, you know, three or four weeks, maybe even, you know, into into July. Who knows? Um, so yeah, that's that's a good point that it's it might not just be a one day thing. Mm-hmm. It could be several days, it could be broken up into, you know, even a longer time period like weeks or something like that. So it's interesting. Yeah.
2: It is interesting. Yeah, part of me wonders, um, you know, if if major developers and publishers are going to try and use their own platforms to uh, distribute their news, trailers, things like that, or if they will uh, allow IGN to use their platform to make these announcements. Like, is it going to be something like that, where they're being allowed to showcase the content, or is it going to be a reactionary mm-hmm. thing, like, "Hey, we just saw this great trailer from Bethesda. Let's talk about it." Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's. It, It'll be interesting to see um, how that that information is distributed, whether it's from IGN or like if they're just going to be more, uh, you know, reactionary to the mm-hmm. news or if they're going to actually be the ones presenting the news. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, like even if we look back at previous E3s when we have stuff like Bethesda or Square and then we have, you know, Microsoft and Sony where – Sometimes Sony and Microsoft will get that, like, here's a trailer of Final Fantasy VII or something like that. Or here's a brief snippet. And then in Square showcase, it's like, here's, you know, 25 minutes of something like that. So, yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. We could see um, stuff like that. And then these companies on their own maybe going into more detail or having more of a, you know, it'll be interesting. I think we'll probably have a combination of both, you know, trailers, teases to, like they say, you know, Uh, remote developer interviews, some hands-on demos, and preview impressions. So there might be some more interactive stuff. Um, Who knows? Like, IGN typically during E3 coverage has had, um, you know, while after after the major press conference have have those developer interviews throughout the week. They put a lot of work into um, not just reporting on those press conferences, but doing all those other things that are happening around E3. So... I think with the fact that this is could be pre-recorded and stuff it gives them more time to kind of I guess you know tweak tweak these things and and give us more I guess more quality in terms of announcements. It's, it's just my guess. Mm-hmm. So Cool. Well, we'll definitely be uh you know looking at that when we get more details and I'm sure when we ac- it actually comes around we'll be Podcasting about it and giving our reactions to the announcements that come from that. So, yeah, I think now that IGN has, um, you know, s- s- been the first one to do it, I think in this month, May, you know, we're gonna start seeing other things trickle, trickle in. You know, I mean, I'm curious if kind of funny. I know they've talked a little bit about it. it the hard thing is just like, although there is uh we can't do this press conference because of the the pandemic and everything like that it also has kind of restricted people into being able to prepare for these things because everyone's at home and it might be more difficult um who knows if Mm -hmm. if i would really like to see another kind of funny showcase and just have have as much of these little digital events on nintendo direct and xbox direct sony state of play um as we can because that would be really cool and like like the article starts off with we're we're leaning into that next generation of console hardware. Like this is a big year, um, and I don't know how much the like coronavirus will well, it's already, but you know what I mean. Uh, stir up things and stir up plans that we don't even know about. So,
1: right.
0: All right, I think we've beat that one into the ground enough. Let's move on to <laughs> Resident Evil Eight. So. We got a leak on Resident Evil 8. Uh, I'm pulling this from Vicky Blake over on Eurogamer. Uh, So reports, Resident Evil 8 is a first person, takes serious departures, and that's in quotations, and will be out next year. And then there's another quote that says, many purists are going to hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just jump in. We'll, We'll talk about what this leak looks like and give our thoughts around it. So another day, another resident evil leak. And this one concerns not another remake, but the next installment of the celebrated horror franchise. Uh, cool. I can never say this word. Cool. Uh, it's not going to happen. Can any of you guys help me out here? Cool. I-, I just can't say it.
1: Cole- Colloquially.
0: Yeah, there you go. Cole- <laughs> See, even after hearing it, I still can't say it referred to as resident evil eight. Aesthetic Gamer, aka Dusk Golem, the source of many horror-flavored leaks, including accurate leaks about Resident Evil 3 Remake and those not-yet-accurate Silent Hill leaks, Konami, as you'd probably expect, refutes them, purports the next installment of the horror series will release next year. Interestingly, Aesthetic Gamer reports the game started not as a mainline game, but was originally developed as a successor in the Revelation spin off series. However, Capcom and playtesters were so impressed by early prototypes that it was co opted to become the next Resident Evil game. Uh, and so. Okay, so they quote it here. Okay, so the little game is done, Aesthetic Gamer said. This will be breaking this month with more details later, not by myself, but I've needed to clear some stuff up. Resident Evil 2021 is Resident Evil 8, but it wasn't always Resident Evil 8. During most of its development, it existed as Revelations 3. Acknowledging that this differs from his earlier reports, AG said The reason I said RE8 was years away earlier this year is last year uh, RE8 was in development and that one is years away, but Capcom didn't want a huge gap between RE7 and RE8, so that title got pushed to the side for now, and And internal testing and such was super positive on REV3. The leaker also reports Resident Evil 8 will be a cross-gen game, intimidating... Yeah, inti- intimidating... Is that the... Intim... It intimating?
2: In- intimating? Yeah,
0: intimating it will. It's just like, why do we have to use that word? <laughs> um, intimating it will come to both current and next gen systems. It is first person, and many purists are going to hate it because it's taking some serious departures in the story slash enemies. And like they at, later added, hallucinations, occultism, um, insanity, and not being able to trust others are huge thematics of the game. If Aesthetic Gamer is right, and there's absolutely every chance they're not, of course, this is just a rumor at this point, we should see Resident Evil 8 in 2021. While feeling as though he's coming down a little too hard on the Resident Evil 3 remake in the Eurogamer review, Wes admitted his expectations were set with an incredible Resident Evil 2 remake in mind, adding, Jill's a triumphant character and there are moments of genuine brilliance here. Alright. So... Obviously, take it with a grain of salt because it is a rumor and it's just uh, a leak from one person who, as the article said, has some had that that Resident Evil Three remake uh, leaked that was correct, but that Silent Hill leak mm-hmm. that they've also uh, were the source for was also kind of questionable and still is very very questionable. So, first of mm-hmm. all, how do you guys feel about the validity of? this leak um and then secondly is this the the way you want the series to go so we'll 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 go with you garrett
1: okay well real quick before i touch on that um so If this guy is just making this all up, he's really going a long way, because I just went to his Twitter page here, and he's actually posted a little bit more now. Oh, really? Um, So he says, one other thing I know on paper, occultism, hallucinations, etc. may sound Silent Hill-esque to some, but in practice, the actual game won't really be like that at all. Hell, the one gameplay sequence in the game that's been more fully leaked due to the ambassador tests is a sequence where you're in a village with multiple routes trying to make your way to a castle being attacked by beast men zombies in armor with swords and a witch that laughs a lot the witch is unkillable but turns into a swarm of insects if you shoot at her enough the swarm of enemies is way too much for you to handle and in the sequence you barricade and push through trying to get to the safety of the castle it's not a very psychological horror sequence at at all but the game is paced to mix up more intense sequences with quieter moments it should still very clearly be a resident evil game just a different kind of resident evil game tackling some different things than they usually do um so yeah i mean he's he's got a lot of details there if this is fake um he's either got a really great imagination uh, imagination, (laughs) yeah and he's come up with something you know that sounds just believable enough um but different enough that it's newsworthy but i I tend to take it as um he's probably got some information um that that's that's valid and and um it seems with a lot of these kind of leaks that you know people hear one thing and then speculation begins about Mm -hmm. how things are actually going to go and then sometimes those speculations get taken as fact down the line um and so it's hard to tell sometimes with these things but yeah, I mean, it sounds cool. It sounds like a definitely a departure from what we know, but it sounds like something that uh, you know would be interesting to me. Now, I have not played Resident Evil Seven, so I've mm-hmm. not played a Resident Evil first-person game. I haven't played. I know it's quite a bit different than the uh, you know the other mainline games, so um, I don't really have too much to speak on as far as that goes. But I mean, from what he's saying, it sounds interesting, and it sounds. Like he's got at least some sort of knowledge that this is a real thing, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it, whenever someone puts that much detail, when I see a leak, you you like to think, okay, if there's if there's that much detail, it must be true. But then on the other hand, like you said, is this guy just thinking up his like dream Resident Evil game or something like that? You never really mm-hmm. know with these types of things. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts, Adam?
2: Uh, well, I I don't know a lot about the Resident Evil franchise. Um I've never played a Resident Evil game, so I'm I'm definitely out of my element okay. on this one. Interesting. But uh <laughs> but it does sound it sounds interesting. Um there is as you guys mentioned, there's there's a lot of detail there, so it it definitely um seems plausible. Mm-hmm. Uh I suppose I think first person isn't really a surprise after the uh uh, what seemed to be the success of Resident Evil Seven, uh, so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised they would go back to that that style. If that's the case, um, I don't know anything about this leaker to say you know whether he he's accurate or not. But I mean, a lot of people, or at least it seems, uh, he's trustworthy enough mm-hmm. to, you know, make a uh, a news article about. So I mean, I I think it's definitely it's definitely plausible. Um, I. I think it sounds neat. I don't know that that I would ever play it because I again I haven't played any Resident Evil games, but it sounds cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that that's totally fair. I, I actually I was I wasn't aware that you were not familiar with the Resident Evil series. I wouldn't have thrown you under the bus <laughs> but oh, no, you're with, fine. <laughs> with this story, but uh, yeah, I mean when to the point of it having news articles. You know, I pulled it from Eurogamer. I've also already seen it on all the other major sites as well, um, like IGN and stuff, and so, I mean some of those sites like to take those big trending stories and just report on them for the sake that the that they are trending whether they you know, regardless of the content of the article, you know I, I think some of these bigger sites are guilty for just taking whatever people are talking about and reporting on it but, you know, mm-hmm. there's rumors and stuff that go on Reddit and 4chan and uh reset era all the time and it's like you know you, you there you you know you're, you're go- <laughs> slow down luke <laughs> uh you <laughs> need to like think think of uh you know if the i've lost my thought i'm just gonna close that one <laughs> but anyways <laughs> the <laughs> sorry guys um back to another point i wanted to make uh just talking a little bit about Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 continuing that perspective of uh, first person for for someone who now I'm not a huge Resident Evil fan like I like them a lot my friend Andrew knows a lot about Resident Evil I actually did a an episode about a year ago with him where we just talked Mm -hmm. about Resident Evil for an entire episode and uh, he's the he's the person I go to whenever there's Resident Evil stuff to get his kind of his thoughts and opinions around things. But the general consensus consensus was with seven was that it was, you know, it was going back to the horror roots. Um, That was something that people really missed, especially uh, there wasn't a lot of horror elements in five or six. They had Mm -hmm. turned much more into action games. And so it was really good to see them, you know, go back to horror. And I think that they really emphasized that by, putting it into first-person perspective, because personally, like, I find first-person perspective horror games a lot scarier than uh, mm-hmm. third-person. That's just because you're more immersed, and it makes sense, right? Um, but, yeah, I really liked the direction that they were going with RE7. It was a good game. Um, it clearly was a little broken in the the last half of the game, like the last quarter, I would say. I didn't really care for it felt like it didn't fit with the rest of the game. And I think that was what a lot of people's thoughts were. So I just hope that if they do continue to focus on horror and this first-person perspective, that they can nail those elements and really nail a good story and everything um, while still keeping those things that are important to Resident Evil, like action and um, you know all the lore that surrounds the universe. So I'd be, I, I, I'm pretty much it before this leak i would say i was like yeah it's going to be a first person game i think they're going to continue that i think they're going to maybe continue remaking some of the other games uh in the style i think i don't know if they're gonna we're gonna get four but we could get some of the other spin-off series games um in similar styles like re2 and re3 remake and i think that um in terms of some of the stuff that you talked about gary that he tweeted out there with witches and stuff i could see it uh it sounds a little sillier just reading it out loud but i feel Mm -hmm. like resident evil is good at taking silly things and making them kind of creepy and and scary i think they they've been doing horror for a long time so yeah i i also i expect it yeah 2021 sounds like a a reasonable time for that game to come out Mm -hmm. um 'Cause that's twenty seventeen was seven. So I mean that's a good chunk of time between main installments. Um, the only other thing is like that's three years in a row with Resident Evil games, but you also have to remember that Resident Evil, the franchise, you look at the history, that game that series is on everything. Like it's on every console. Mm-hmm. They have tons of spin off games. Like they're 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 known to like pump out as many games under that franchise as they can. So um I think that's a good, good time for it to come out too. is uh, sometime next year. So any other thoughts you guys had on that? No. Mm, All right. Just a cool little story that just broke, I think today or yesterday. So I wanted to talk about it real quick here. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right, well, that's it for big topics. Like I said, it's going to be a shorter show uh, today. So let's just move into what we have been playing now, I'm sure it's going to be a lot more Animal Crossing, um, but have you guys played anything else besides Animal Crossing? I guess that's the first thing we should get out of the way.
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and start here. Sure. So I uh, I started Titanfall 2 this week. Um, it's a game that I bought maybe two years ago It was on sale on Xbox Live for like five bucks, and it was the Ultimate Edition, and I went for it, but I was playing something else at the time, so... Um, you know, this week I was uh, just looking for something new to try out and popped it on. And, yeah, I'm really enjoying what I've played so far. I think I'm about halfway through at this point. Um, coming from Apex, it's like, you know, you don't really have to learn the controls at yeah. all. It's, it's controls exactly the same as Apex. So, uh, it's good for me. I didn't really have any kind of learning curve. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's if you've played... Titanfall 1, I mean, it, it's it's basically that, but a story mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really touched any of the multiplayer. I doubt that I will, really just trying to get through the the story there. And then, um, yeah, it's it's cool. Um, it's the story. I, I remember when it first came out, a lot of people talked about how it was very um, kind of emotional, I want to say, or that you form kind of a, a bond with your Titan. And I haven't really felt that so far yet. <laughs> just but you wait. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. I, I got to um, the, the part where you're kind of running through this big factory, and then it ends up that you're inside of this simulation dome, and you finally make it back to your Titan, and that's kind of where I left off last. So okay. um, I'm guessing that uh, things are going to ramp up from here, but yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm still kind of in the uh, getting to know him phase of my relationship with this Titan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing that, and then really the only other thing I played was, I think Adam's probably going to talk a little bit about Near today, but I played probably the first 45 minutes or an hour of that and really enjoyed that as well, but um, with, with Final Fantasy coming out, I don't think I'm going to have enough time to tackle that one, and it's one that I would like to not be interrupted playing, so probably going to shelve it for now and uh, just finish up Titanfall before uh, Final Fantasy comes out this week, so... That's really all I had. Um, obviously, you know, checking in on Animal Crossing every once in a while as well. But yeah. we talked a lot about that last week, so I don't really think I need to go yeah. too much in depth. But, um, yeah, that's that's what I had this week.
0: Cool. Uh, before we move on to you, Adam, I just wanted to talk to Titanfall 2 a little bit. Because, honestly, it is probably aside. from so I would rate Doom 2016 because I haven't played Doom Eternal yet um, as like my mm-hmm. favorite first person shooter of like all time. Like I, I think it's just such a fun, like they nailed the first person shooter mm-hmm. genre. Like it's so good. I don't really care about the story. I couldn't even tell you what it's about. I just liked playing it. <laughs> I like the enemies. I love the combat, all the systems in place. It's great. Now in terms mm-hmm. of a great first person shooter that has great gameplay and also great story, I would put like Timefall 2 up there. So I really hope that, you know, once you finish it up, you have the, the same kind of feelings around it. Honestly, that game reviewed, like, really well. Uh, it got, like, mm-hmm. 90s, um, 9 out of 10s. Um, I think for a while there, it, yeah, it had close... I, I The number 97 is jumping out. I don't know where that's from, if that was a Metacritic score at some point in time or what that's mm-hmm. from. I could totally be pulling that out of my ass. But uh, it's just had that problem of releasing when Battlefield 1 did. And they were both EA games. And I know this is a tale as old as time. This has been talked about before, but it's such an underplayed game. And, you know, they were selling it in dollar stores. (laughs) Like, I literally Mm -hmm. went to dollar stores and they had tons of PS4 and Xbox One versions, which is so unfortunate because it's such a good game. So I'm glad that you're picking it up after all this time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's one that. Uh, like you said i i knew the whole history of it you know coming out being great and nobody playing it Mm -hmm. because of uh, the kind of the window it came out in. so i did want to support it you know even though i only gave them five bucks i mean i wanted to to get it and and uh and play the game and and you know and now talk about it on here and hopefully some of our listeners that haven't played it'll check it out as well so
0: and coming from apex to titanfall it's kind of like now you see where all these weapons originated Mm -hmm. from which is cool
1: for sure, yeah. yeah. I've already like the first mission. I was like, oh uh, nope, I don't want the Mozambique. Let me grab this. <laughs> I know, here. I know how this one plays. So yeah. yeah, so it's it's been cool seeing weapons and and stuff that I've heard of. And I even saw um, in the very opening scene when you're kind of like uh, going through the simulation, I saw something in there that said Hammond Robotics, and I'm like, oh, I know that from Apex. Yeah, That's yeah. the people that that created uh, Revenant. Mm-hmm. So um, cool that they're kind of all tied in there together. Yeah. All right, Adam, let's hear.
2: Uh, yeah, so I've been, um, as you figured, I've been playing a whole bunch of Animal Crossing. Um, that's been, I'd say, probably still the bulk of my time of uh, game playing has been into Animal Crossing. And I I did beat it. I rolled, well, uh, beat it, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I rolled credits on the game where it does kind of give you some more freedom to do things. I won't get into too much because I know we have our, uh, our our big Animal Crossing episode coming up, so I won't uh, dive into that too much. But yeah, I am still really enjoying the game. I will say I am um, I now feel like I can spend less time in the game now that I rolled credits on it. Um, I don't feel like I need to be in there all day like I kind of felt, um, I, I like I felt that before, you know, mm. finishing it up. So uh, that then leads me into the other game i've been playing which is near automata uh so it just came to game pass uh what was it last thursday mm-hmm. um and so i've been playing through through that put a decent number of hours in it so far i've been uh i was uh, streamed it a couple of days and kind of frustrating thing happened so i started downloading it and it wasn't finished downloading it but i got a message saying that i could play it so I figured, okay, I can get through the first mission and, um, you know, I can pick up from there, you know, next time I play after it's finished downloading. So I do get through the entire first mission. It was, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And immediately following the mission, I get a loading screen, which is asking me weird questions like, "What? what is Will? Um, like, does it come from God? Or like, what? It like, it was just... And I was like, why does, why does one exist? And like just weird questions. Like it was, it was basically like three or four questions that were asked. And it just kind of kept kind of kept repeating those questions over and over. I'm like, what's going on? So I finally mm-hmm. found uh, one of the selections you could choose that was like, I don't need any of this. And so when I clicked it, I guess that was kind of just me getting out of that, that loop or whatever that I was in. But then I got a message saying uh, the the game is not installed it needs to be installed to to move forward and uh, with this game it's it's a little cheeky it's a little meta and it doesn't allow you to save first thing in the game like there's no auto save so um, you have to manually save but in that first mission there is no manual save and so I, I there was no way for me to save the game so I just quit out of it and I was like well hopefully maybe something somehow my game is saved so that whenever i come back to it i don't have to do it again but as it turns out i had to do that first mission all over again so i was able to skip some cutscenes and stuff but i mean that was still you know somewhere between half an hour and 45 minutes of replaying the same thing which granted is a is a very cool first mission uh it's a really great set piece in there so it's not terrible or anything and the combat mechanics are good but um yeah i mean after that like overall like i I, like i said i put a decent chunk of time into it so far i really don't think i'll have it beat before final fantasy 7 which is unfortunate um but i do hope to complete that game because it is uh the, the combat's good um the the story seems really interesting so far there's definitely a lot to be uncovered um you know, so some of the some of the story elements are kind of like in your face, like you kind of know what's going on. And then there's some very like, you know, questionable, like well, well, who's behind this or that, or like what's the real motives here? And um, so there's some really interesting story to come, and mm. I definitely want to get into all that. But yeah, really enjoying that game. So glad it came to Game Pass because I almost bought it. Um, what Was it maybe like a month and a half, two months ago? Oh, really? I was ready to just I was ready to just purchase it the trigger, and, yeah. and to buy it it would have been like 40 bucks yeah mm-hmm. um so fortunately like I I kind of the the mood sort of passed and then you know now it came up on on game pass and I was like there it is that's my sign like I gotta <laughs> I gotta play this game because I tried playing it I bought it at I think at launch when it came out back in 2017 but Persona 5 came like right after it and then my son was born around that same time frame oh, man. so like <laughs> I just didn't like yeah. b- between all that and, like I I focused on Persona 5 and then I just never got back to it so I'm glad I'm glad that it came to Game Pass cuz it is uh, it's it, it's just been fun nice
0: that's awesome I'm I'm glad you guys both got a chance to check it out. I was, I, I just didn't want to with like you guys have already said with Final Fantasy VII. Like I'm so slow at my games too that <laughs> I just I knew I couldn't make it work. But definitely interested when when it first came out on PS4. Um, I was really intrigued by it. Um, never pulled the trigger on it, and I waited it out just like you did. And I'm glad I did because now I can play it huge game for for game pass that's a huge yeah. uh, pickup for them that's really good uh, great like I though I was kind of was looking on game pass because I'm curious what the rest of April looks like because generally game pass like their Twitter account kind of posts you know the end of the month what's gonna be coming that next month and we don't really quite know yet um, near was that first big one which is a awesome don't get me wrong but I'm interested like they're just killing it with Game Pass right now, like mm-hmm. they I I'm just blown away by every big like a big triple A game that comes um just out of nowhere, seemingly. So uh anything else that you've been
2: playing? Um I I don't think so unless I'm I'm I might be forgetting something, but I think it's pretty much just been Animal Crossing and yeah. and near at the moment, yeah.
0: I don't think I've you've, you've talked about anything else in our group chat so all right. Well, for myself, I have been also playing Animal Crossing. I'm now at a point where Megan is kind of creeping up to passing me in terms of progression. So I'm like, okay, I need to start grinding it. She's had more <laughs> time uh, to to play it. And I'm, with me playing Half Life, I've kind of I'll play Half Life. She's sitting on the couch with the the Switch. Um, I didn't mention this yet, but. I don't know why, because it's not really necessarily a, a game for this. But Animal Crossing is like the first game that maybe it's because I was at home for so many days. But it's the first game that I have really played on my TV. Like I didn't. I played basically all of Breath of the Wild <laughs> in handheld mode, and I don't know what it is about Animal Crossing, but I've just played it docked for some reason. Um, I think maybe just because I, I like just you know you don't really pause the game you just kind of leave it running and that background music is is great we've all talked about that before so Mm -hmm. i don't know just thought i wanted to point that out so
2: no that's that's really funny that you bring that up because i mean for me like i did play breath of the wild mostly docked Mm -hmm. and mario odyssey i played mostly docked um but aside from those games i feel like almost everything else like it's been mostly handheld yeah. but whenever I mm-hmm. started playing Animal Crossing like for whatever reason I was just really drawn to playing this game docked and yeah. on the TV for some yeah. reason mm-hmm. don't know what it is but yeah that's like it's I've been getting way more use out of my dock <laughs> now than yeah. I have s- almost since launch yeah. so
1: that art style is just so nice to look at They really is, just kind of yeah. want it to be up on the big TV on your yeah. wall so yeah
2: it looks great
0: So I finished Half-Life Episode 2, so I got to see that cliffhanger ending. I'm not going to spoil it, even though it's been out for a long time. (laughs) Um, I can understand why people were upset. It doesn't hold as much weight, because obviously I just played it, and I already know that... I'm not getting anything. I can imagine playing that and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and still waiting and waiting for (laughs) a follow-up to it and never getting one. That would really suck. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil anything either, but they're like, this has already been all over the internet, so it's not really a spoiler, but Half-Life Alex does talk about the, the series and where it could possibly go. Um, You know, I started a pl- watch through of Alex, um, but it was kind of hard to watch someone play it with no commentary uh, because they it's in VR. So like they would just like pick up stuff and use like the VR, you know, gameplay mechanics. And that's not really interesting to watch when somebody pick up this and like, you know, if they're using like a Valve uh, Index or whatever, it's probably really awesome to play, but like, I don't need you to stare at this coffee cup that you picked up and you're looking at. You know what I mean? So I just like right. skimmed through some stuff, looked at the overall plot, and then I'm just like, okay, how does this game end? I want to know the connection to the rest of the series here. And all I got to say is I, I'm hoping to God that... And I know that a lot of people have prayed over the years, but I really <laughs> hope Valve just sees this as like an opportunity to to reignite the half-life franchise and they can easily continue it on now um yeah they they've done some interesting stuff the way that half-life alex ends. so if you're in the same boat as me just like watch that ending and and see its connection to uh the franchise um really cool so i wanted to talk about that uh and then secondly don't i've been Uh, the only other game I've been playing is this other game on Game Pass called Remnant from the Ashes, which is a game that I've always kind of been interested in that, like, I've seen pop up. It's not a really well-known game. I would probably put it as, like, a double-A game, um, not developed by any major studio. Um, I guess I should not be rude and tell you who it's actually (laughs) by, um, But it's basically a game that mixes uh, Souls-like with a third-person shooters. That's the easiest way to kind of describe it. So the combat system and gameplay loop is very similar to Souls games or like Neo, where, you know, you have your shrines or where you can, like, save your game, your checkpoints. replenishes all your health and all your stuff, but then it also, you know, respawns all your enemies and whatnot. Um but basically yeah this game is so it's a post-apocalyptic game uh kind of set i don't know the exact time frame that it's set but it's it's kind of more around oh uh, like i would say I, I couldn't even put it it's not like modern like it's not like a modern day world but it's like there's guns and stuff like that um you hmm. know automatic weapons so it's it's set in the real world, but it also kind of has a fantasy vibe to it. Um, basically, what's happened, The it's not, not really a memorable plot. It's very stereotypical of there's this evil force that's like taken over the world. And um, they're called, I think they're called the Root or something like that. And they're, they're kind of these like demonic, you know, creatures um, that came from this another uh, another dimension, and they they're very like they're called roots because they kind of are like trees. If you think of like the enemies in Hellblade, if any of you are familiar with that, that's kind of what they remind me of. Um, and yeah, it's basically that loop of just going into an area, trying to cl- it's like a dungeon, going through all the enemies, um, and. Yeah, the gameplay is like really, really solid. Like I was really surprised on how fluid the the gameplay was. But again, story not really that memorable. I'm like four hours into it and I can't really tell you much about it. Like I'm really not connecting with it at all. Really forgettable. Um, I maybe that could change as I continue on. Um, so yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's a game that honestly has slipped by. I think there's a lot of people. If you like Souls, like you could possibly be interested in this you it is different because you are using guns right so you can kill people or enemies from from range but you also do have melee weapons so i have like a sword or you can get like a buzzsaw um you know just crazy melee weapons and stuff like that there's kind of like a class system where you can kind of be like a hunter um uh, i can't remember the names of the other ones but one's more of like You know, shotgun, um, and then the other one's more of like an assault rifle, and then the hunters obviously more of range weapons, um, you know, right, semi-automatic rifles and stuff like that. So, honestly, if you're on Game Pass and looking for a game to play, I recommend just checking it out. Um, It's funny because I was playing it for like three and a half, four hours, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed. And Meg was sitting on the couch, she's like, she was playing Animal Crossing, and I, she's like, did you like that game? And I was like. I think so. Like, <laughs> I guess I kind of did. Cause I played it for four hours, like totally uninterrupted and was really focused mm. on it. So I must've liked it. But at the same time, it was like, it wasn't really that like, holy crap, this is blowing my mind or anything. So like a good double a mm. game. So if you're looking for something like that on game pass, it, it could be worth your time. So
1: hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. I had asked you in our group chat, uh, you mentioned it and I was like, man, I don't even think I've ever heard of that. So, happy to hear you go into a little more detail about what it's about. It does sound interesting to me now so I might have to check that one out.
0: Honestly, I gotta give it to their box art because it's like this guy with like a gun and he's like the root, like these enemies, these tree branches are like pulling him down. I'm like, that looks kind of cool. And then I checked out the just a gameplay or like a trailer and I was like, oh, that's one other thing that I wanted to mention is the game is entirely playable in co-op. I don't know how many people you can have at a time i just want to see if i have this source pulled up to see um so with two other players so a total of three players um can play which is kind of cool like it has this multiplayer element that i haven't even explored yet i could honestly see this game going up a couple points in its score that i would give it um If I got to play the multiplayer, because I can see how it's designed with that in mind of, um, you know, working as a squad to take on bosses and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, a a cool little hidden gem that I didn't know about. But yeah, other than that, I mean, it's just been Animal Crossing. So uh, I'm sure next week we'll be eager to give our initial impressions of Final Fantasy VII. I'm really looking forward to that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's end off the show then. Question of the week. So last week we asked you guys, who's your favorite Animal Crossing resident slash villager? And I kind of expected this, but we didn't get a lot of responses. I thought we for sure we would get a bunch because my freaking Twitter feed is full of people. It's filled. (laughs) Yeah. Talking about (laughs) Animal Mm -hmm. Crossing like daily. And some of those people follow the, the, the podcast account. So I thought, you know, maybe, but that's all right. I'm not going to get too upset over it. But we did get two responses. Um, first from uh, your brother, Stephen, at LordlyKingSdot. <laughs> Me and Buck the horse are best pals, partner. I'm getting him a foot foosball table, and eight ball shirt for his birthday on April 4th. Nice. I like that you already have two very specific gifts planned out for, for his birthday. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so thanks, Stephen, for writing in. And then we got Jay Yee, a friend of the show. He says, this dude Zucker moved in and is literally an octopus that dipped his head into some batter and fried himself. <laughs> so... <laughs> I can't show the audience this, but this is what he looks like. <laughs> so, like... That's so funny. And he has, nice. like, a, a toothpick, like, <laughs> in sticking out of his head. So... kind that, that looks like, like ice cream? S- yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, is his hair, like, supposed to be
1: soy sauce or something? I don't I have no idea. It looks like...
0: Because <laughs> I don't know what the name of those... Uh, they're, like, the deep-fried balls with, like, octopus in them. So, I think that's what they're going through. And then you dip it in, like, a sauce... But like that is weird. That's a very weird. And I like that his name is Zucker. Like it's such a weird name too. Um. Anyways, thank you for making me laugh out loud when I read this at work, Jay. Because uh, I that is the weirdest resident I think I've seen so far. All right. Uh, let's hear hear from you guys. Who Adam? We'll start with you. Who's your favorite resident that you've come across so far?
2: I think mine is gonna be. Uh, her name is Audie. Oh, and she's just like a, uh, like a Fox lady, red Fox lady. Yep. Um, just super, super cute little resident, um, running around. And I think part of the reason I like her so much is that, um, well, she seems very nice. Her personality is very, uh, like I said, she's just very cute personality and kind of bubbly, I guess. Um, but she's also given me the most reactions out of all my residents like she'll just come running up and be like hey like you know i'm frustrated right now or whatever and i got like a frustrated emote and mm-hmm. um, she uh, t- at least two other ones that that she gave me too i think one was surprised then too um so i i feel like that kind of goes into it a little bit like yeah keep keep giving me these <laughs> these emote things because yeah. like I only have right now enough to kind of fill up like the the reaction wheel. Mm -hmm. And I think there's there's like a ton of reactions. Oh, really? And it's like why they're being doled out so slowly, I don't understand. Um, But she's given me the most, so I'm very appreciative of that. And she's just, I don't know, fun resident.
0: (laughs) So fun (laughs) fact about her that I'm not sure if you're aware of. Um, so there was this like grandma there, this person posted on Reddit, their grandma who had like 3,500 hours logged into Animal Crossing New Leaf on their 3DS. And I think she was like 87 years old. Like she plays it every day and her, her character in the game is Audie. So people speculate that this character, cause that went viral, like crazy. Oh. It's all over Reddit, all over the internet. And it was suspected that Animal Crossing New Horizons, they put that in as kind of like an Easter egg um, towards towards her. So they that's not like a for sure thing. But I mean, it's like yeah. it's got to be right. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that was such a yeah. viral thing that it's it's got to be a nod to it. So, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's a fun fact, I guess. Garrett, yeah, how about
1: you? Nice. All right. I know he's going to be my favorite. This is Harry the hippo, and he's got a full (laughs) beard. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, if you guys don't know, I rock the beard as well, and so I just got to represent for my boy Harry there with the beard. So uh, he seems like he's a little cranky, which is is, is okay. Everyone on my town is pretty peppy so far, so it would be nice to have somebody with a little bit of a different uh, attitude. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how things shake out with him, but I, I have a feeling he's going to be my favorite
2: awesome i'd like to um also give a shout out to one of the villagers or residents that i started with and his name is snake but he's a rabbit <laughs> and he dresses like a ninja and he's awesome of course so he would <laughs> he would definitely be like my number two like yeah. Audie and snake like are the two that i have to have like yeah. they they need to be on my island at all times
0: yeah, honestly, he. I think I saw saw him on um, when I was watching your stream, and I was like, "Man, I want I want him as a resident because he just like <laughs> he looks awesome, like he stands out."
2: Yeah, yep.
0: Uh, for myself, and this th- this is kind of Meg's response too, because we obviously share an island, so we get to we always joke about. This is she'll like text me and be like, "This is what so and so said to me today," <laughs> and uh, there's a. So I, I didn't realize this, but there you in Animal Crossing New Horizons, there's uh, bear, like, residents, and then there's cub residents. There's a difference, apparently. The cubs are, like, hmm. smaller bears, I guess. But hmm. uh, there's a cub, and his name is Barold. So it's, like, Harold, but with a B. And <laughs> he... I'll try to show a picture for you guys. He, like... He's this little gray cub that has these little glasses and all he ever does is talk about eating snacks like he'll just like (laughs) talk about he's like you know going on long walks on the beach is like snacks for your feet or he'll like (laughs) come up to me and be like talking about some sort of snack he ate or how he's looking forward to eating i'm like man i respect you beryl like you're hilarious um
2: yeah he sounds awesome yeah
0: (laughs) uh yeah this is what he looks like (laughs) so he's (laughs) has a beard as well kind of like you can kind of see like he's very funny looking five o'clock shadow yeah and like this this is a
2: very interesting design yeah Yeah.
0: and like one time i saw him i was just walking around and he had a he had changed into a track suit and he was like doing jumping jacks because like you know how they sometimes do little things but it's so funny because like yeah He like likes eating, so like he was like getting tired really quickly and stuff, which was hilarious. So, (laughs) um, and then I want to give a shout out to Coach, who is one of the residents I started with. He's like a bull, and he always just talks about working out all the time. So like he'll put it. Sometimes I'll see him on the island, and he's put on these like super like bright, you know, like those really like i call them power ranger sunglasses cuz they're like really big and they have that like bright blue mm. like orange mm-hmm. kind of tint lens and he's like pumping dumbbells all the time and like doing jumping <laughs> jacks and like he's hilarious like watching the residents are so funny and seeing like the things they do so um yeah i'm excited. i got like i'm we'll get into it when we do our review but there's a couple other residents i just have to talk about cuz they're so like creative i i i gotta commend the writers um for these residents because some of the things that they've come up with are just i've actually lol like they they're so funny and clever so and there's like did you guys know there's like over 200 like is that normal for resident or animal crossing to have that many
1: like residents there's there's always been a lot but i think they've just added new ones with every successive game and not really cut very many of them. I know there's a few that are missing from the new game, uh, at least so far. Yeah. Maybe that's something they're holding back to release later on as as an update. But um, yeah, yeah, they've, they've been building those up over the years. So
0: yeah. All right. Thank you to Jay and Steven for writing into the show. Uh, We wanted to issue guys a new question for this week. And so There's been a lot of discussion around the RE3 remake, um, and how there's a a lot of discussion around it is how it's kind of a short game, um, definitely compared to Resident Evil 2 remake where that game was around the same length, you know, six to eight hours in there, but you also, like, played through it twice as the other character, and you experienced brand new, you know, areas and, um... New cutscenes and stuff like that, so it's it's still you know more content than what RE3 offered, and you know a lot of people think that they're not getting their money's worth for paying full price for a game that's so short. And so we wanted to ask you guys: Does the length of a game determine how much you spend on it? So you know, is do you would you consider spending full price, you know, sixty bucks on a, you know brand new release uh that's only four or five hours or are you fine with spending that kind of i want to hear what you guys think so you can respond to us on twitter at games are fun pod uh, facebook.com slash games are fun podcast or you can just respond to us at the email address contact at games are fun podcast.com so yes head over to our social media sites and you can answer the question on there and we'll read out your guys' responses on next week's episode. All right. Well, with that being said, I guess that concludes this episode of Games Are Fun. We're getting closer and closer to 100 episodes, guys. That's going to be pretty exciting. I'm thinking when we get to that 100 mark, I I want to maybe do like a live stream if we can. I don't know. I have to figure out when the 100th episode would kind of line up. But uh, mm-hmm. that's something I'm thinking about. I don't
2: know. Yeah, that would be neat.
0: Yeah. So, Adam, where can people keep up with you?
2: Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85 and also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AdamPalooza85.
0: I haven't asked you this yet, Adam, but are you going to stream Final Fantasy Seven?
2: I think so. Um, I'm still on the fence about it because it is a game that like i sort of just want to have like that intimate experience yeah. with if you will but no um, i get that as of right now i'm i'm leaning towards streaming it though okay
0: yeah even at, like even if you cuz i i have felt that with so many games like i wanted to stream death stranding when it first came out but at the same time i'm like well i, I don't want to like have to perform or like you know beyond to talk to people when i'm trying to like experience this game for the first time and have my fresh impressions so um either way i would totally be down i'm going to be playing it myself but uh i like to hear someone who's really familiar with you know the original and watch you play it so i can kind of hear you know you make some of those comparisons from the original because i'm not going to know that stuff so that would be really cool to hear yeah
2: Mm -hmm. i mean i will say like I'm not I'm not gonna if I do stream it, I'm not gonna like hold off on playing it unless I'm streaming like yeah. if the opportunity yeah. presents itself where like I can play but I can't necessarily stream because of things going on in the house like I'll take the opportunity to play it for sure oh, and then whatever <laughs> I stream is just whatever like <laughs> <It's> bonus <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right Garrett, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at
1: lP panther
0: awesome and you can find me on twitter at luke allen arm and search for at games are fun pod follow the show on twitter like i said facebook.com slash games are fun podcast all those links are down in the show notes for your guys's convenience as well as our own personal twitter pages all right well thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of games are fun you can expect that animal crossing review episode to drop in the coming days that's really exciting and then At some point down the line, we're also going to have... I don't know what we're doing with uh, Final Fantasy. We've got to talk about that in private and figure out a plan for that. But uh, yeah, lots of games to talk about here in the next couple weeks. So Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.
1: See you later.